Don't give too much importance to other people's opinions. He was working and did a lot of business in the ad space in general. Joined WPP, was a manager there. P-Lista was acquired by a group inside of WPP for about, you know, it was reported 30 million on 3.6 million euros in revenue. He's since scaled that business. They're thinking about publishing side. They're thinking about the advertising side. They're thinking about things like branded content and how they continue to stay super relevant in the years moving forward. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Michelle Gagnon. He is the CEO currently of a company called P-Lista. Now, before joining the company, he worked for PwC both in Canada and Germany. And in his last role, he served as managing strat- manager strategy consulting in Berlin, advising tech companies on their international expansion. He also acted as a member of the executive committee of the Canada-China Business Council and brings many years of experience in various strategy and international business development roles at Bombardier, Inc. Okay, are you ready to take us to the top, Mikkel? Yes. All right. Very good. Tell us about the business. What is P-Lista and uh, how do you generate revenue? What's your business model? Well, first thing, it's called Plista. Uh, and basically what we're uh, we're doing is we're a global ad tech company and we focus on three things, uh, giving users a good uh, experience and delivering ads that they find relevant. Uh, we help uh, premium brands reach their audience and uh, achieve their campaign objectives. And we give publishers a series of tools and technology uh, so that they can uh, generate sustainable revenues from different sources. And how are you doing? I mean, there are hundreds of companies in this space, big and small, from the media oceans of the world down to the startup and the dorm room. How are you different? Why are people choosing to work with put their ad dollars through you? Uh, there's different reasons. I think we have a good portfolio of um, uh, ad units. Uh, so there's a good, you know, uh, breadth to the portfolio. Uh, the other thing is we bring, I would say premium ads. We're part of a WPP, which is a group M, uh, uh, WPP. So we're a part of group M we're a WPP company. So we bring a lot of, of premium advertisers to the mix. Uh, and the other thing is that the publishers that we have, we have about, um, uh, 4,500 publishers worldwide. Uh, and it's, this is premium publishers. So we have premium brands, premium inventory, and great technology. Mm-hmm. So tell me more about kind of the history here. Did you found the company and then sold the WPP or did WPP put you in after the acquisition? Um, the, the, the company was created in 2008. So it was founded as a, a Berlin-based startup. And what they uh, used to do at the beginning was to offer uh, uh, what we call an unsigned recommendation engine. So basically, we were providing content recommendations on the publisher website. The following year, they added a, uh, uh, let's say, an ad sponsored revenue to the mix. So basically, instead of just recommending recommending publisher articles, we were also adding ads to the mix. Um, and then the company grew. Uh, we really focused on the German-speaking market. And in 2014, WPP came in <clears throat> and acquired the company. And this was it was great, um, obviously, for the founders. I was not 
uh, I was not there at the time, but it really helped the company scale uh, internationally. So, uh, you know, starting 2014, we were able to to expand uh, globally. And right now we're uh, operating in, in more than 25 markets. Yep. And this was, I believe this deal happened in January, I think of 2014, right? Yes. And EU startups reported, again, Group Ben acquires the company Plista for about 30 million euros. They come in, obviously that deal happens. You then come in. Now, were, were you brought in specifically for Plista or were you, were you uh, already at the company and they just put you in a new role? Uh, no, I, uh, I joined uh, in 2016. So uh, I joined and I was in charge of uh, international markets. Uh, as you uh, mentioned in, my, uh, in your brief intro with my bio earlier, I worked. I did a lot of international business at Bombardier, but also at PwC. I helped a lot of companies uh, 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 or advise companies expand internationally. So when I joined, I was at PwC uh, Germany, and I decided to uh, to join a company, and I was in charge of international markets. I took over as global uh, managing director uh, in July. Okay. And, and walk me through kind of where you see this space going. So a few things, a lot of people, I mean, we just saw actually recently Unilever basically threatening Google and Facebook with, with some of the content issues that's popping up. A lot of people are starting to, you know, take some of this stuff in house for various reasons. What threats do you see to your market? Uh, I would say, um, uh, I, I, I think in business in general, uh, is, you know, you need to focus on customers and you need to, deliver value. And, you know, delivering value to customers sounds a bit like a big buzz, a corporate buzzword, but ultimately that's the the, uh, the name of the game. I think what has happened in the past years is that some companies is, you know, they took the money and they, uh, they delivered clicks um, and um, they, some of them might have lost touch with, uh, you know, what the client really values. Uh, when you see things like transparency, like brand safety that you're mentioning with um, uh, Unilever's uh, threat, I think we we have to go back to uh, you know really providing value, and that means you look at I would say ad- advertisers have become more sophisticated, and when they look at campaign uh, objectives, you know they used to think about impressions or clicks. Now I would say that that they're Things are a bit more refined and, and, and specific. So we just need to make sure that we deliver uh, what the client is asking for. And are you, I mean, it, that that answer generally any business would say, right? Provide value, make the customer happy, et cetera. I'm really interested in digging actually into your industry specifically. So for example, there are a lot of companies, even in thinking about blockchain tech, thinking about taking this concept, right? You know, adding advertising in general and moving it private so that, so that there's not an ad text in the middle, which is how you make your revenue. How do you think about what people call the ad text and, and how do you, you know, what do you charge your customers? How do you manage that? Well, I, I think um, th- there's a lot of, if you look at the ad tech and the, or the advertising world at the moment, it's it's still very fragmented as an industry. And I think there are too many players. And this is like the, the former consultant who's talking. I don't think it's, you know, keeping the same number of, of, of players is not sustainable. doesn't make sense. There are too many people in the value chain. So I think we will see a, a consolidation. Um, some publishers, how is that? Sorry. How is that good for the publisher? So, so if I put a dollar through you or a dollar through any of your competitors, you're going to take 10, 20, 30, 50, 90, I don't know what a cents on the dollar just to manage the spend. Isn't it better for publishers to have more options to drive that ad? I'm saying ad tax, not, not tech ad tax lower. Uh, I think, I, I think 
what you have to think about is, okay, what are the capabilities, the tech, the tech capabilities of publishers and of advertisers? I think the reason you will see a consolidation, but you still have a lot of specialization in terms of, you know, being able to develop top-notch state-of-the-art technology. And uh, I do not think that the majority of publishers can afford, uh, you know, to, um, to, um, uh, to develop that themselves. The same thing for brands. You know, this is this is not necessarily their core business, especially for publishers. So you still need these specialists, these guys who really know the market and 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 can afford to develop the technology. So I think um, um, providing the real, you know, top-notch technology is key. <clears throat> and the other thing is, um, it doesn't mean that you cannot offer different options to 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 publishers. You know, publishers can go through a variety of channels to get their advertising dollars. What we're seeing also with publishers is that they're putting a lot more emphasis on other revenue streams, which is what I, I mentioned we're also focused on. A lot of publishers are, are now investing in, in increasing subscriptions. I think the New York Times last year, the year before, uh, revenues from subscription surpassed uh, revenue from advertising. Um, so is, so that a, is that a threat to you guys? Uh, not really, because I think we are uh, we have a technology that can help them do this as well. Oh, really? Is, yes. You, you, specifically, uh, Palista or WPP in general? Palista. We uh, we have um, we offer real time analytics, so basically publishers can see exactly how their content is performing, and basically this technology originally was developed to help publisher optimize their homepage, uh, but the the you know we're tracking a lot of KPIs that can help them. Um, actually track subscription conversion. So you'll tell um, the New York Times which article and how far down the article to put, you know, to see the rest of this content, you know, subscribe for a dollar a month. You'll help them figure that stuff out. That's right, because we can track it. Uh, we can track the effectiveness that's of the paywall real time. Is that product for you a more meaningful revenue stream than a, a percentage of ad dollars through you? Or are they tied together somehow? No, not at the moment, because it's more um, <clears throat> something that we've been de- developing like in recent months, and we see the trends, and we have the technology. So we're working on it right now, and it's not um, you know, our biggest revenue driver. Is it free? Um, Is it just value-add right now? Uh, at the moment, we're more in the testing phase, yeah. because we have, we have the tech, tech, we have the tech uh, but we were not using it exactly specifically for subscription at this stage. Yeah, I think ad tech is going to be very fun to watch over the next several years because I, I definitely see a world, publishers, especially those fake news and echo chambers on Facebook, newsfeed, all this stuff. In an ideal world, I think people would say if we didn't have to rely on advertising, we wouldn't. So if people can figure out a way to monetize the consumer directly, right, with a subscription, right, I, I just think that's the future and whoever gets ahead of that curve faster is going to win and maybe it is an ad tech company, maybe it's you guys. Uh, of course, we'll be there. But I still think I still think that ad, you know advertising, bad advertising is bad. Uh, but I think you know we still need advertising so that people know that we have a business. Uh, that you know. Why do people care though if you have a business? Uh, I mean, I mean, if you're if you're Apple, you want to make sure that to, you want to make sure that that you can reach consumers and they know what's your next product. This is advertising, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Unilever, they want to make sure that uh, people know what's their, you know, their, how their brands are doing, new products, the new um, um, uh, discounts that they're offering. So this is advertising in itself, I think, um, is, is not necessarily bad. I think we've, we've had a lot of bad advertising over the past years and maybe decades. <clears throat> and then now what, what we're seeing is really a focus on 
users and, and audience where they, you know, in the past we were just developing a big, big uh, message and we were basically shoveling them down their throat. So I think, I think, I think it's a, it, I think it's a healthy uh, change for the industry. For publishers listening, help them out. Do you see any other trends emerging in terms of additional revenue streams besides the New York Times kind of subscription model and besides an av- a typical advertiser model? Is anyone doing anything really creative? Uh, what what we, we start seeing is we start seeing publishers having their own, I would say, um, content creation, uh, you know, building their own content creation uh, teams. I think uh, they have the people to do this. And I've, I've, you know, I meet a lot of publishers and I've met a lot of publishers in many countries over the past 12 months. And I would say the big ones all have uh, a focus on getting branded content money. Um, so this is, I would say, the other big, um, you know, big revenue stream that they're developing. Do you represent any of your advertisers in terms of helping them find branded content deals? Uh, we don't, uh, well, basically we offer the technology <clears throat> yeah. again. So we offer publishers a technology so that they can capture uh, part of that, uh, uh, of that trend. So there's a lot of, of, of growth in branded content, content marketing in general. So we, we were, again, we're offering a, a solution. Um, and, uh, we, um, you know, we, we have a relationship with advertisers, so we help them reach whatever targets that they, uh, they, 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 they want to achieve. I'm really interested to see who captures that revenue stream. What I mean by that is, you know, for the show, for example, the podcast, we have many advertisers that pay in the six figures. And on a few of them, we've actually had to work through the CEO's agent at UTA or CAA, you know, a very high touch model. And obviously those agents are the ones getting the cut of a quarter million dollar sponsorship deal. And, and, you know, you'd call that essentially branded content. Do you think there's a play that's maybe more long tail where you could help folks do that at scale that were not as large as, you know, the show or as large as the the CEO that wanted the branded placement? Uh, yes, but again, depends how you position yourself. Uh, what, what we're doing at this stage is really, really focusing on publishers who are trying to get that money, uh, directly. Um, and, uh, I think, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, what we're offering, as I said, you know, we're, a, we're a tech company. Um, I personally don't want to get involved into the content creation. I think there's a lot of other people who's, you know, who are really good at it, like publishers or even, you know, some specialized agencies. Don't you have to get in that um, business though? If you want to do branded content, you have to be in the content creation business some, to some degree. Uh, well, we are, um, I mean, we can be in different ways. So as I said, if I'm approaching a publisher like the New York Times who has his you know, uh, cr- content creation studio, um, I would be part of that, um, how should I say, of that, uh, of that deal, right? Because I'm providing the technology and the, 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 the distribution uh, so that they can uh, you know, be efficient and, and really help brands reach their objectives. Uh, so that's one way to do it. As I said, we're also part of the WPP. Uh, and, and group M, they have, they have lots of, of agencies who are also creating content. So it's not our core business. Uh, but I think we're with the tech we have, we're really well positioned, uh, to play in that space. All right. Good stuff. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's the last business book that you read, Michael? Uh, recently I re, I re, uh, reread the rework from the founders of uh, 37 signals. It's a tongue twister. Re, re-wed, rework. Re, 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 yeah, rework. All right. Um, Great, great book. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? 
not necessarily follow uh, studying right now. One of the, again, one of the CEOs that I've revisited was uh, Laurent Baudouin. He was the CEO and uh, uh, chairman of Bombardier uh, when I joined 2006, I believe. Great guy. I had the opportunity to uh, work closely with him. He really valued the uh, you know uh, perspective from different employees at different levels. And he basically built when he was there the uh, you know he took a snowmobile manufacturer and turned it into the the world's largest private jet manufacturer, world's largest train manufacturer. So great guy. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? I uh, really like Asana. Number uh, four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Depends on how my son is behaving. Uh, I would say uh, it's more around six and five these days, but it's uh, it's not because of work. It's because of, of the family. So how many kids? I got two. Two. Okay, so married and how old are you? I'm uh, 38 years old. 38. All right, last question. Uh, Mikhail, take us back to your 20-year-old self. What do you wish you knew? Uh, not to give too much um, uh, importance to other people's opinion. There you guys have it. Don't give too much importance to other people's opinions. He was working and did a lot of business in the ad space in general. Joined WPP, was a manager there. P-Lista was acquired by a group inside of WPP for about, you know, it's reported 30 million on 3.6 million euros in revenue. He's since scaled that business. They're thinking about publishing side. They're thinking about the advertising side. They're thinking about things like branded content and how they continue to stay super relevant in the years moving forward. Mikhail, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thanks for having me.